Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway for You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the geek buddies we're back at it for another week of geeky goodness here on the geek buddies we're excited jumping into so many topics here uh but first we want to introduce ourselves i'm the outlaw john rogan writer producer and host here on the geek buddies mike i'm michael vogel i'm a writer and producer of animated tv shows and movies sham and this is Shannon McClung. I'm a television actor and an animation writer where you can see some of my latest works under the watchful eye of that guy right there uh, in Strawberry Shortcake, Short Barry in the Big City, season two on Netflix. Ah, I was going to get it out eventually. You, yeah, yeah, you got it. You got it. That's good. Good stuff. Yeah, you guys should definitely watch that. Big shout out to Carmen Health, who powers and sponsors us here on the Geek Buddies. We appreciate the madly funny of your, of your healthcare questions, concerns, or needs. Head on over to CarbonHealth.com or download the app today for uh, any questions you might have on the go. They've got in-care, they've got in-person care, they've got virtual care, they've got urgent care, they do the COVID testing stuff, they got everything you could possibly need, 100-plus locations all over the country, 80-plus locations in California alone. Go and check them out today at CarbonHealth.com. All right, we're going to talk about so many things here. This is how the show works. Each of us brings up a geek news item, we take a bit of a break, and then we jump into our main topic, and our main topic is, of course, Wolverine, a.k.a. Hugh Jackman, coming back to be a part of of uh, the Deadpool 3 film, and we're going to discuss what that all means and what, uh, I don't know, just the reactions to all of it, which was insane for sure. So uh, we're going to talk a little Star Trek first, we'll talk a little Blade, uh, a little Constantine 2 action uh, before we get into that. Uh, Shannon McClung, I think you start us off. Yeah, some a little bit of downer news to start the podcast off with. Uh, mm. We found out yesterday from The Hollywood Reporter that uh, Bassam Tariq, who was uh, going to be directing Blade, starting next month, has yeah. stepped away from the production. The official line right now from Marvel is due to continued shifts in our production schedule. Bassam is no longer moving forward as director of Blade, but will remain an executive producer on the film. We appreciate Bassam's talent and all the work he's done getting Blade to where it is. And uh, yeah, and Bassam actually uh, released a statement as well, saying it's been an honor working with the wonderful folks at Marvel. We were able to put together a killer cast and crew eager to see where the next director takes the film. So, you know, Blade was uh, announced at Comic-Con 2019. I, th- I believe it was like sort of the last thing that that, that happened where uh, Kevin Feige brought Mahershala Ali out to play Blade. He later told everyone that he had personally called Kevin Feige to express an interest in playing Blade. Everyone was very, very excited for this film. It's still scheduled as of right now to come out next November. Um, we'll see if they're able to hold on to that date. But gentlemen, what do you think? Blade no longer has a director. Does the movie stick to its release date? Does the movie, any uh, idea on who they could find to replace it? What do you guys think? Uh, Mike, what do you think on this one? I mean, I... So, look, they, they announced him in 2019. Um, we heard his voice at the end of Eternals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he was apparently supposed to be a part of Werewolf by Night, or at least appear in Werewolf by Night, but yes. they pulled that out. He's not appearing in Werewolf by Night now. But I have a feeling that, particularly with him being in those end post credit sequence in Eternals, like, Kevin Feige has some kind of plan for why he wants Blade to be happening when Blade is happening. So I feel like they are going to try and move heaven and earth to sort of keep things, you know, like, they, it, 
they've done in the past, they've done a lot of shuffling around. You know, Thor, Love and Thunder was supposed to come out. Uh, Guardians was supposed to come out before Thor, Love and Thunder, and then it didn't, and they did this. So, like, they'll always be shifting things, always be moving story stuff around. But I feel like Blade, uh, there's a lot of excitement around it. Mahershal Ali is, like, perfect casting for it. And as we're diving into this more mystical, magical, uh, supernatural part of the MCU, it feels like Blade is, like, a really big piece of that. So I feel like they're going to try hard to keep this date. I don't know what they've got planned. I don't know what director they're going to like pull out of the woodwork to say this is what's happening. And I hope that they don't rush it too hard. Like Marvel usually does a pretty good job of, you know, we're going to get this right. Even if we have to move some stuff around, they don't, they don't do things like some of their uh, counterparts that other studios do. Um, so we'll see, but, but, uh, but yeah, I do think that um, I think I, my gut is they're going to want to try and keep this date. Yeah, they you know they announced this you know and and, and I feel bad for Desantori because uh, I mean this this could have been a fantastic situation for him, uh, and I'm also sad because it's another another director of color who's getting moved off a project that could have been really great to um, see their points of views on this character and take this and uh, give a new flavor to the MCU, which uh, the MCU has been really great at bringing on directors of color to do that. So I was hoping to see that in this situation. So unfortunately, it's not going to happen, and we'll see. Who they get? There are a number of directors out there, both uh, young and veterans. And uh, my my brother Sean O'Connell over at Cinema Blend scared the shit out of me when he said, "You know, Sam Raimi's uh, phone is available." And I was like, "Cut it out! No, I don't want Sam Raimi anywhere near this. Let this be someone else, for God's sakes." And who knows? I mean, I don't know what Stephen Norrington is doing. Maybe you want to come back and. You did the first blade. Maybe wants to come back a little fun with this one. I don't know what's Guillermo del Toro's schedule now. The Pinocchio is pretty much in post production. Is there a possibility here? I don't know. But there's a lot of uh, directors that are out there that hopefully they will line one up that really works well with what they're trying to tell. But what really what um, kind of bothers me a little bit is something that uh, my co-host on the Hot Mic, Jeff Snyder, tweeted out. He also broke this news on the Ankler three minutes before the Hollywood Reporter broke it with Boris Kitt. But he tweeted out this thing that's really interesting. He said, I'm told Blade filming has been pushed to November as Marvel searches for a new director. Also hearing Bo DeMeo has come on to work on the script. Also, uh, he talks about that the current Blade script is roughly 90 pages and Ooh. features exactly two lackluster action sequences. Maharshala is said to be very frustrated with the process. Feige said to be spread too thin. But, hey, that's what's just what sources are telling me. Don't shoot the messenger. So that <laughs> is, you know, and Jeff's pretty connected in with sourcing and, and scooping these kinds of things. So to me that I could imagine Maharshala Ali being a little frustrated. It's taken so long since they announced it. There hasn't been a lot of hype other than people's expectations behind this whole thing. And if it's a 90 page script, that doesn't feel like a long movie. And what are the two lackluster action scenes? Only two. And so those kinds of things are in your mind. You're just like, well, what is, what are they going for here? What are they, what, what was the issue? And maybe the reason the director left is because they felt like they weren't getting a hundred percent what they wanted to get. And this other thing that's bubbling under the surface and we're hearing a lot now lately is, is Feige being spread too thin with all this Marvel stuff coming out and all these complaints about phase four. And you can stand there at Comic-Con and tease phase five and phase six, but we're still in phase four and we're still hearing complaints about She-Hulk from some people, complaints about the previous stuff from people. So this is a, an interesting situation that's ever evolving. And we've been talking about how big the Marvel Universe is getting are we in a situation now where Feige is being spread too thin and there's, and these are the consequences? I don't know. I mean, I also think though, uh, to your point, mm. it's sometimes it's the opposite of what you were saying. Like mm. if um, Kevin Feige, it seems like is, you know, doing a lot and it yeah. does seem like uh, some of the big tent pole moments of fate. Some of them have worked great. Spider-Man No Way right. Home. Don't forget. Certainly. Still a top tier Marvel movie in phase four. WandaVision, Miss Marvel, I personally think She-Hulk is a goddamn delight. But, uh, yeah, you know, when Multiverse of Madness, it, regardless of whether you like these or not, when Multiverse of Madness yeah. and Thor Love and Thunder sort of have the level of mixed reactions that mm. they've had, and those are two big movies for Marvel, yeah, you know, you probably could argue we spread a little thin. But to what you're saying, oftentimes, if a director leaves, 
And the overall uh, steward, Kevin Feige, is spread thin, and there's two lackluster action sequences, and someone else is brought in to fix the script. It's not that the director left because they were frustrated. It's mm. the director was asked to leave because everybody else is frustrated. Mm. Uh, you know what I mean? And, I, and again, I'm not, I know shit about shit. So I'm not talking out of school about anybody. I don't know any of these people. No, but, but you've had the experience of being in yeah, a studio I mean, and having these conversations. If, particularly if Kevin Feige is spread thin and doing a bunch of stuff and doesn't have the attention to devote to everything, it ends up being the director that's really driving everything. So if Mahershala Ali is, if, if everything that, that Jeff kind of scooped is true and Mahershala Ali is really frustrated and the script is only 90 pages and there's only a couple action sequences and they're not that great, like yeah. that does kind of fall to the director so yeah. him kind of taking a step back to an ep role and finding someone else who's going to come in and 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 kevin feige's like look this has to be this this has to be this we want action we want this we want it to be this like if that wasn't being delivered that kind of does answer the question of why in the 11th hour they're like we're not making this we need to we yeah. need to boost this amp this up so, so it, you're it saying might not be that as Tariq as the steward of blade is, is possibly the one who is the one who was asked to leave versus yeah. uh, the production schedule. Yeah. Well, wait, look, I don't think it's ever a production. I mean, maybe once in a blue moon, somebody's <laughs> like, oh, this production schedule is not working out. But production schedule is what you say when some shit hit the fan. Like, it's is that not exhaustion? Like, is that production? Like, yeah, it's, 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 yeah. It's like, oh, they, they, they checked into the hospital for exhaustion. Oh, this person had to leave because the production schedules didn't line up. Like, mm. um, you know, like, I mean, I think when Scott Derrickson left Multiverse of Madness, I think he left Multiverse yes. of Madness. I think yeah. that is very clearly like he had a movie he wanted to make and Marvel was like, it's Scarlet Witch. It's the Illuminati. It's the multiverse. It's this. And he was like, yeah. it's not my movie. I'm out. Like, so I think that is definitely a very clear example where in my mind, uh, again, not knowing anything 100% for sure, but that seems like a pretty clear cut example of a director yeah. being like, I do not want to do this. Mm -hmm. Everything with this... Uh, feels to me my gut my my spidey sense is saying that like this is more kevin feige was doing a bunch of stuff and then finally like swung his head back over to blade and was like wait what is going on and Mahershala ali was like yeah i'm not really happy people were frustrated and i think they were like we need to bring somebody else in to that blade is too important to whatever our bigger plans are we can't let this happen we got to get this right and this is the nice, eloquent way of everybody playing nice and saying, look, you're still an EP. We love what you did. He was like, this was a great cast. Can't wait to see what happens. And everybody's going to their corner. But that would be my guess. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Any real quick, any any directors you'd like that are leap to mind? I know that's kind of putting you guys on the spot, but are there any that you would think of right now that could maybe step in here? And, well, I mean, I if feeling... they no, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, I was no, gonna say if they are as happy with uh, Werewolf by Night as allegedly they are, Giacchino. that Michael Giacchino wow. could could swing over there, depending you know um, whether or not he's writing music for thirty movies. Yeah. Okay. It'll uh, be interesting. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not sure where other things are in production and post production and everything else, but like, yeah. uh, you know, Nita Costa does a great horror movie, so yeah, uh, that yeah. would not you know if, if they're happy with her work on the Marvels and enjoyed working with her, uh, kind of saying, Hey, let, Hey, Candyman director, let's let you take a crack at blade. Like that, that wouldn't be a horrible idea. Yeah. I like that idea. You know, I just, um, put on my Hulu list, little woods. Cause I want to see that first film from her, from near the Costa to see how good it might be. Um, is, is Lee Winnell a possibility? I mean, upgrade was so good. It, you know, uh, we went to see that Shannon. I mean, that's, that's an action film. That's a film that he hasn't he done. He hasn't done anything since 2018. Invisible Man was fantastic. So yeah, yeah. I mean that's an that's an interesting director as well. Um, but I think they probably want to go with the director of color. I would imagine, but just in case, maybe leave one else out there hanging around could be a lot of fun. Um, all right, well let's move on to our second uh, topic here, Michael. I think you take it away. What do we got? Do you want to move to the second topic or do you want to take a little? Oh break? yeah. I guess we should throw in. Sorry. One more thing we had talked about, you know, this is why I have these two gentlemen <laughs> keep my shit correct because I got so much dancing in my head and they do too, but they do correct me at times. And we should bring up the fact that Kevin Feige talked about Elizabeth Olsen in a recent interview talking about uh, bring uh, that we're not, we might not be done with Scarlet Witch, which I found to be fascinating 
want to hear what you guys think. I think I'll read the quotes from Kevin Feige and see what you guys think about what he said about it here uh, in this recent interview. He said that, uh, you know, there really is so much more to explore with her. And this is he was talking to Variety with Elizabeth Olsen and uh, WandaVision or Wanda. Rather, we still haven't touched on many of her core storylines from the comics. You've touched on them. A couple of them, I would say. I don't know what we saw. I don't know that we saw her under the rubble. I saw a tower coming down and a little red flash. I don't know what that means. You're you're Kevin Feige. You know what that means. And he said, I'd work with Lizzie for another 100 years if we could. Anything's possible in the multiverse. We'll have to see. And Elizabeth Olsen said, I really genuinely like my job. Feel like my job is to keep my mouth shut until Feige makes an announcement of any kind. But she did and would like to see her character possibly come get back and get, quote, some sort of redemption following what happened in the Doctor Strange sequel. So, gentlemen, this is a positive, the idea of uh, Elizabeth Olsen coming back to do Wanda. I mean, I, I for me, Multiverse of Madness left a bad taste in my mouth, but I loved WandaVision. So if we start going more towards that direction, I'd be very excited to see what more she could do here in the MCU. What do you guys think? I mean, is this really a surprise? <laughs> I mean, I don't think they added that red flash of magic because they had a little extra left over in the budget. <laughs> I mean, yes, she's coming back. This in is... what capacity, we don't know, but she's coming back. I mean, yeah, like... this was this is to me like the biggest non-story. This is why Kevin Feige doesn't care about saying it. <laughs> Kevin Feige loves to keep secrets. Like, we got yeah. out of Multiverse of Madness and somebody was like, I can't believe they killed the Scarlet Witch. And I was like, are you stupid? <laughs> are you seriously? I was like... She is, she's probably one of the biggest money makers the MCU has right now. Oh, yeah. People love Wanda Maximoff. I hate Multiverse of Madness, and I still love every scene with her in it. Like, I love the Scarlet Witch. I love Elizabeth Olsen as a Scarlet Witch. And you just finally got her to full Scarlet Witch in WandaVision. You think that you're just going to go out on Multiverse of Madness and go, well, that's it. We've got mutants coming down the pipe. We have so many potential Wanda Maximoff stories. However, they're going to tie it up. Whether she is a mutant, is not a mutant, like however they decide to define things, she still has the power to do things like a House of M. Like there are so many stories left to tell. There's no way they are leaving that on the table. So yeah, this is, it's great. It's great that he's teasing everybody going, yeah, I don't think she's dead. I'm like, yeah, we know she's not dead. Um, but it's a non-story, but it's a non-story that I'm happy to hear because I am all about more Scarlet Witch. Yeah, me too. I mean, she's a fantastic actress. And you you kind of, with Scarlet exiting the MCU, having Elizabeth Olsen there as this kind of uh, tentpole with her kind of acting, her abilities here, I think it's very essential. And in essence, now she's a veteran in the MCU when we remember her coming in to the MCU as kind of a rookie in this, in uh, Ultron. Yeah. So it's going to be great to see what roles she plays going forward now. And you can tell that as Elizabeth has aged as a person and as an actress, there's a different approach to Wanda. There's a way she talks about Wanda that I think the lines kind of blur a little bit. And I, that excites me because then that makes it uh, an even more layered approach and a layered performance. So I'm looking forward to seeing when she appears yet again in the MCU for sure. Uh, all right, let's move on to story number two. Mikey, I think you're taking away with uh, taking this one. Do you want me to do the second story or do we take a break? Oh, that's right. Ugh, God damn it. You know what? Let's take a break. We'll be right back with our second story right after this. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway For You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway For You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. Do, 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 do. 
There are three executive producers on this show. I just want to make it very, very clear. Three mm-hmm. executive producers mm-hmm. on the show. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that's the first time I feel like I've ever heard that. <laughs> uh, I might take it back in the morning. Uh, Michael, take it away. What's our second? <laughs> well, you know, we definitely. Wait, are you talking about some... us? <laughs> Go ahead, uh, my man. Sorry. Oops. <laughs> we covered. We covered some sad news. We covered some sad news uh, yes. with uh, the director of Blade exiting. But hey, Blade is still happening. Meanwhile, right. over at Paramount, Star Trek is not um, the the Star Trek movie. Uh, that have been dated to hit theaters December 22nd, 2023 is now 4? dated. Uh, oh, no, no, yeah, that's the start- one I'm talking about. You mean this one. I'm sorry. I thought you meant the other one. That yes. one, yes. Uh, is now no longer happening. Um, it's kind of expected news. Um, Matt Shackman was kind of attached to direct this Star Trek film. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as is as we all know, or as many of you know, um, when John Watts exited Fantastic Four and Kevin Feige needed a director to pop in after his amazing work on WandaVision, Shackman decided to jump over and bring Reed Richards, Sue Richards, Johnny Storm, and Ben Grimm to life. So with him focusing on one of the biggest uh, gems in the MCU crown, sadly, it looks like he did not have the time to also figure out what to do with the Chris Pine, Zach Quinto-led uh, Star Trek franchise, which means that Paramount is now, once again, Star Trek lists uh, on the big screen. Now, the good part of this is Star Trek has never been busier on the small screen. If you pop over to Paramount Plus, um, between Star Trek Discovery, Picard, Strange New Worlds, Lower Decks, uh, Prodigy, is that all of them? Am I missing one? There's so many of them. There's 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 a lot of Star Trek happening right now. So if you are a Star Trek fan, as John and I are, there's still plenty to be excited about. But it does really kind of suck because with the when you know when that first Chris Pine Star Trek movie came out uh, with J.J. Abrams directing, like this whole sort of going off into an alternate reality, a kind of split universe, like it was exciting. There was newness. Then um, when Star Trek, what was the next one called? The, into, the darkness. into darkness into darkness star trek into darkness came out yeah we all felt a certain way about it maybe we liked it maybe we didn't love it maybe it didn't meet expectations and then star trek beyond kind of seems like it sunk that franchise now there's a couple other things that happened here you yeah. know when jj abrams announced this movie at uh investor day and said it was happening and i think we reported on this none of the cast knew that it was happening so when he I said the entire no cast yeah. yeah, when the entire cast said that, uh, when they said the entire cast was returning, the entire cast was like, excuse me? So it kind of feels like this was all sort of uh, smoke and mirrors from the get-go. It's like Paramount would love to have a big Star Trek movie that they were excited about happening, but it just doesn't seem like this has ever really gotten off the ground beyond anything uh, aside from like, of maybe a couple deals or some conversations. It doesn't seem like there's anything of substance. They've tried several times now with several different versions. There was the version that was going to bring Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth back together. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's been so, everything from a Tarantino Star Trek. Like, they just cannot figure it out. So, guys, what's up? Why can't we get a good Star Trek movie? What's happening? <laughs> I think there's too, it's too many. Everybody's doing stuff. It's really, I mean, Zoe is. You know, Zoe's firmly entrenched in the MCU. We, uh, we, John Cho is building up his credit as an independent film actor and certainly getting a lot of uh, plaudits for his work. Carl Urban on The Boys, Chris Pine recently in Don't Worry Darling, also kind of doing a bunch of projects. All recently, at the same time. recently making a lot of really sad faces on the internet. Thanks, yes. to Don't Worry Darling. <laughs> to rival Ben Affleck's sad faces during the uh, Batman v <laughs> Superman press tour. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many. I mean, all these actors are so established and are off doing their, their own thing. And and um, sadly, we lost. Um, oh, God. the uh, I always forget. Anton Yelchin. Yeah, sorry. Anton Yelchin. We sadly lost Anton Yelchin at a young age. So it's like there's so much here to move around. And Simon Pegg is working on a number of things, also in the boys. So there's a, there's a number of – they're all just so busy – and I think it's colossal. It's a colossal mess up by Paramount here because they are really lining up the TV universe like no problem. But for some reason, they have a really hard time with this, and it doesn't with the feature film, and it just doesn't make any sense. I don't know if it's a story issue, a script issue, um, a director issue. I mean, Shackman was like, "I'm here, let's do this," and I think he was the third or fourth director that had been there trying to do something with this film. I think S.J. Clarkson was also someone that was uh, lined up as the first female 
uh, director of a Star Wars film, and she rolled off of this project as well. So it's just fascinating how many iterations this has gone through. And I don't know that it's going to be worth it, to be honest with you. I know that the defenders of Star Trek Beyond Respect, um, uh, from Beyond, Beyond, whatever it's called. It, yeah, I, I totally understand you all defending that film. It's a glorified episode of the show and not even that good of an episode of the show, in my opinion. But that kind of made, soured people a little bit on the franchise. So to me, I want to see a Star Trek Strange New Worlds movie first before I want to see a Chris Pine Star Trek uh, Kirk Ledman. And I never thought I'd ever say that. But so I just wonder if this is ever going to happen because they're only going to keep working more and more. They're only going to get more and more famous and more and more entrenched in what they're doing. And coming back to play these characters might not seem as attractive the further on down the line we go. So I, I just don't know if I see it happening or if they're going to recast all over again and start from scratch because we've already had a second Kirk uh, come into uh, the Paramount Plus uh, uh, universe of Star Trek. So I don't know. Uh, Shannon, what do you think about this? Well, I mean, I think the Paramount is probably very aware of the state of their feature film Star Trek franchise, mm. that uh, they, had, they came out of the gate with a home run. Yes. They probably uh, over-promised and under-delivered on the second one. And on the third one, like, let's just go, let's, let's have fun. Let's go make a yep. fun movie. And people just didn't respond to it. Yep. So I think they understand sort of the, the perilous state that the franchise is in and that they want to get it right. And sometimes getting it right, you you have to find that right mixture of people. I mean, the fact yeah. that Noah Hawley from Fargo was was writing right. a version at one point, yeah. Quentin Tarantino was writing a version at one point. And when you hear that mean that they're they're taking that many different takes on a property means they really don't know what they want to do right now. Yeah. Like they're kind of throwing mm-hmm. stuff up against the wall and they want to see what sticks. And Matt Shackman what he was he was announced in summer of 21 i believe yeah, yeah. and then they had that paramount investor day in february where abrams maybe uh, uh jumped the gun a little bit and said it before the end of the year it's gonna be it's gonna be shooting and you know i mean with matt shackman it, it, it appears that he had a really good experience with marvel yeah. and if that movie looked like it was in better shape or going to be ready to go before this one yeah, naturally he's he's going to jump over. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's probably a uh, variety of issues. I mean, cast availability is certainly one. I mean, just between Chris Pine, Carl Urban and Zoe Saldana, I mean, you you know, three of your main cast members like you're going to have a hard time locking those folks down for any yeah. sort of sustained amount of filming. And then you yeah, I mean, it can be a story issue. I mean, you know, sometimes finding that right story, it takes a couple of swings and they just haven't found the right one yet. Yeah. Well, I think there's another issue too. I mean, it's just the era. And again, this is, you can blame Marvel for this, but uh, it's a good thing. Like Marvel, between what Marvel's doing right now and what Lucasfilm is doing right now, um, when it comes to franchises, I think we've been trained to expect the bigger story. Yeah. So, so like with Marvel, like we know we're getting to the Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. Like we know that there is a promise at the end of this road. And with Star Wars, even though we don't really know what's happening post the new trilogy, I mean, they, I don't think they've quite figured that out. We know that Andor is going to fill in these gaps. We know that Ahsoka Tano, uh, out of everybody, is going to drive us into new areas of Star Wars because we're going to basically get Ezra Bridger back. We're going to find out what happened with him. We're going to find out what happened with Thrawn. So even if you are a casual viewer who doesn't really know these things, your nerdy friends are like, oh, no, no, this is cool. There's exciting because this is what you got to figure out. Star Trek, they started that franchise with a huge promise. Hey, here's an alternate timeline. Spock did this thing and it changed everything. And so now you are going off into the universe, but you're, it's a clean roadmap. Everything that happened in the movies, everything that happened with the other enterprise, it's, it's, it's all free and clear. You can do whatever you want. But instead of creating like, oh, well, that means uh, we're going to bring the Borg in way earlier. We're going to do this. Yeah. We're going to do these. Like, like there's a, a bunch of things you could have done that made this Star Trek feel like there was a reason for it, that there was a bigger story that we were driving towards that made us really excited so that as Star Trek fans, you were like, oh my God, I think they're going to do, pick any alien race, pick any classic episode of Star Trek and say they're going to yeah. bring this in in a different way. And 
once the con thing didn't really work for them as well as they had hoped it would because of execution, they just went, oh, let's just make some fun movies. And so, like, this whole idea of Star Trek, like, let's just figure out the right story. Let's figure out a fun adventure for these guys to go on. Even if you're a hardcore Star Trek fan, that's not that exciting. It's like, yeah, if you give me a good movie, that's cool. But you're not giving me a franchise. You're not giving me the promise of I'm driving to these things that you love or taking you into bold new directions. You're just giving me a fun movie. And I think that Paramount doesn't really understand franchise in that way. And therefore, their biggest franchise is kind of floundering. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens. Because, I mean, it's doing... I mean that those those uh, as you said the smaller screen stuff is really carrying the uh, the brand and the IP and the franchise so well um, regardless of whether you know you're a Prodigy fan or a Discovery fan or maybe season two of Picard didn't work for you as well Strange New Worlds is getting all kinds of love so there's enough there no matter what your taste of Star Trek is to enjoy there uh, until they put this thing back together on the big screen for sure. Um, and, you know, I wonder about J.J. Abrams, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that uh, uh, right after the break here as we jump into our third topic. What is, what is the lyrics for that one? Oh, the devil went down to Georgia. Oh, nice. That's a good one. <laughs> Was it, though? Yes. <laughs> that was a nice choice. <laughs> Climb in here and tell me I'm wrong. Oh, there it is. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to this. Uh, Constantine, uh, two news that broke uh, earlier last week. I wanted to talk about it with the boys here because uh, this is one of my favorite films, one of my favorite superhero films. I have defended it since 2005 uh, to uh, all the naysayers. I know he's not British. I know he doesn't look like Keanu Reeves. But I really enjoyed what Keanu Reeves was able to do with this character under Francis Lawrence's uh, direction. Rachel Weiss was really great. Peter Stormari as Lucifer was incredible. Just the scene of him reaching into homie's lungs and pulling out the black tar of his smoking was incredible. And Tilda Swinton as the Archangel Gabriel, Jemin Hansu, Shia LaBeouf, all around. Just fantastic performances in a story I really, really enjoyed. They even got a good performance out of the lead singer of that, uh, Gavin Rossdale, Gavin Rossdale, former <laughs> Mr. Gwen Stefani. They even got a good performance out of that guy. So to me, overall, I really enjoyed this. So the announcement coming on the heels of DC uh, DC Fandom celebrating uh, Constantine 2 with Francis Lawrence and Keanu Reeves in attendance, we get this announcement. But amidst all the joy of this, there is also this feeling that Wait, what happens to the Constantine TV series that J.J. Abrams was working on? What happens to Madam X, the series that he was working on? And bigger than all that, what happens to this Justice League Dark project that he was supposedly working on and putting in motion? And certainly we've been hearing that uh, ever since Homie came in, Zaslav came into DC and Warner Brothers Discovery, he has been essentially axing all of J.J. Abrams' shit and shoving him into a corner. So, to me, this is a fascinating situation. A, I'm glad Constantine 2 is happening, but I'm sad to hear that it feels like it's not going to be connected up to Just League Dark. It may be connected up to the overall DCU, or maybe not. We don't know, because is that your Constantine for the overall universe? So, just fascinating stuff. So, gentlemen, what are your thoughts on A, that Constantine 2 is happening, and B, that this may be just pushing Just League Dark back even further then it's already been pushed in the whole process. Well, uh, so in terms of the Constantine 2 of it, mm. um, you know, maybe that's a movie I need to revisit because I saw it one time in the theaters and and I was not even that acquainted, that well acquainted mm. with the Hellblazer comic or John uh, Constantine as a character. Um, but I was left a little underwhelmed by the whole yeah. thing. I was kind of like, okay, I get it. And like Francis Francis Lawrence's direction, I want to say outside of I Am Legend, I have not been a big fan of his work thus far. Okay. So, I mean, Constantine was just, you know, another name on the pile that I just didn't click with. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I am a fan of the Keanu, Keanu sense, mm-hmm. even though I don't think he's always the best actor. Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll, you know, I would give that, I would give that first one a rewatch before going to see the second one, because I imagine I would go see the second one, because I like to go see big big movies like this with my buddies mm-hmm. um in terms of how it affects jj abrams i mean again the moment that that merger happened and you started to kind of read the tea leaves of what they were doing did anyone think any of these projects were ever going to see the light of day i mean yeah. you know when zatanna or zatanna was announced and like 
Emerald Fennel was writing the script. Yeah. Um, there was so much excitement there. And I mean, we haven't really, I don't think it's been officially canceled, but we, but we haven't heard anything come out of that camp in a little while. And I kind of feel like justice league dark as a property. I think they will have a hard time putting together before they get justice league as a property. Right. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, just the name, it's derivative of something that, you know, they have, they, they kind of had a swing and a miss on. Um, So the idea that another even even two swings and two misses, maybe Ah! you don't feel that way. You don't feel that way. And you know, you don't. So stop it. Stop. <laughs> but i mean not not a shock uh i mean i would be very curious to be a fly fly on the wall in bad robot <laughs> just to be like jj what happened <laughs> like flash you know flashback 10 years ago i mean you you had you you had the world on a string like you were you know yeah. you had this incredible star trek movie the second one not so much but people are willing to, to to give you a pass on that you were getting ready to to you know spearhead this new star wars trilogy and now it's like he can't get with his deal with warner brothers it doesn't seem like he can get anything off the ground yeah. so it's it's really really interesting but in terms of the hbo max justice league dark universe i i think the lights are out permanently on wow. the justice league dark universe this Next, iteration Mike, at least uh, Mike, we lost constant because they pulled constantine off legends of tomorrow because they wanted to work on something for him and bring, bring in a new cast member to be that person and start that process they didn't let john constantine be used in the sandman uh netflix uh, adaptation here they made joanna constantine so clearly they had ideas for this character and then all of a sudden announcing constantine too seems like a weird turn is this zaslov saying i prefer a movie star over uh they were rumored to be looking at someone else to play the role sorry i don't have the name on the tip of my tongue but they were looking at someone else that had been rumored to play the role here so do you think that was the decision that they went with that they wanted to go do you think that's or is this just kind of a placeholder for now until they figure out what they're going to do with just league dark and that character of constantine um like most people in hollywood right now <laughs> I look at any decision that Warner Brothers Discovery is making and scratch my head and go, well, fuck if I know. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Uh, All right. Yeah, thank you, you, well, no, I mean, it's like if you were, it, it, you you might have a point because it doesn't seem like Zaslav really has a finger on any kind of pulse. And it's like, yes, if you were going to try and look at things in the older way of the way that Hollywood made movies and the way it made movies, then yeah, putting Keanu Reeves in a big movie and saying, hey, let's do a sequel to that movie that did fine a long time ago because yeah. Keanu Reeves is Keanu Reeves. There is logic to it, and I'm kind of between the two of you. Like, I didn't think Constantine uh, was great when it came out, but I didn't hate it. I also was not yeah. as familiar with uh, with Constantine as a character, so I was kind of like, yeah, okay, like it was fine. I, I'd be curious to revisit it, uh, being more uh, well-read on the character now and kind of seeing how I responded to it. But a movie that's that old getting a sequel versus the brand potential of doing something really interesting with this character who, as much as we talk about Mahershala Ali playing Blade and that really anchoring part of Marvel's cinematic supernatural universe, yeah. uh, John Constantine, the, way, the reason everybody argues over using him in this show, that show, the other show is because he's potentially a character that can really take off. Like audiences can really get him as a character. He's interesting, he's flawed. Like it opens up a lot of doors to you. So. There's a lot of potential there, and I don't know that Constantine 2 with Keanu Reeves is really going to execute on that potential. But look, I mean, as much as Zaslav is fucking everything up over there, uh, DC was fucked up before he got there. I mean, like, they just can't really seem to, kind of to Shannon's point, it's like giving J.J. Abrams a bunch of characters and say, go build Justice League Dark, we're going to go try and figure out how to get Superman in a movie. You know, it's just like there's no... We got to do this to get to here, to get to here, to get to here. And it just feels like, you know, the only saving grace of the DC stuff for DC fans, if you weren't the biggest fan of what they were doing with the movies and were confused about what was happening, is that on the animation side, like they really traditionally have killed it. Like their shows have been great. Uh, the direct to DVD or direct to streaming films have been great. Like there's been a lot of really good stuff. But at this point, 
with uh, that Cape Crusader series going away and literally no word on that Superman and Lois series, which I don't think is a good thing. It just feels like we're, we're even going to be missing out on really good DC animated stuff moving forward. So I, I don't know, man. I, I, I hope and pray, but I don't even know, even if they found their Kevin Feige, someone, uh, someone comes out of the woodwork and he, she, or they, uh, is the biggest DC fan and says, here's what we're going to do with the DC universe and has a plan. I don't know, given what Zasloff is doing, that they're going to be able to execute on that plan. So I don't know. It's uh, I'm excited for another Keanu Reeves movie to come out, but overall, I feel like this is more of a continued frustration with DC, uh, DC and what's going to happen with Warner Discovery News. Yeah, this may be just a real simple way to keep the character in people's minds and then eventually they'll recast soap Durisu is the uh actor that they were looking at he played elliot in gangs of london for those of you who watched that show he was fantastic in gangs of london so a black john constantine would have been a very interesting and bold choice what would we have explored with that i would have loved to have seen so yeah so who knows maybe down the road that will be almost like a doctor who iteration type thing was a regeneration or whatever who knows so uh, it'll be fascinating to see what they do with this character going forward. And I hope this film actually gets shot, actually gets post-production and actually comes out because I put nothing, nothing uh, in uh, in the definite column when it comes to DC. So we shall see for sure. But you know, down the road, we'll see. But good luck to Keanu and Francis, man. Do another good, do another film. Do another great film to enjoy for at least people like me to enjoy and not make <laughs> or, or just a film. You, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a quick break. We'll jump into our main topic here and talk about Wolverine showing up in Deadpool 3. You get us a strike from the Wham people. All right, listen to this fantastically interesting uh, two days of videos that kind of blew up the internet, gentlemen. Here we had uh, Ryan Reynolds coming out speaking about the idea of sitting on his couch and speaking about the idea of how to bring in this character in the MCU, teasing it. Uh, we see him in his gray Deadpool outfit that we saw at the end of Deadpool 2. Uh, and then we see Hugh Jackman walk by him a couple times. Then he asks Hugh if he wants to be in Deadpool 3. And do Wolverine as he's walking up the stairs. Hugh goes, Hugh goes, yeah, sure. And then we get a Whitney Houston uh, uh, callback there with the uh, I will always love you, love Hugh. And then the second video came out today because everyone was like, what about Logan? What about Logan? And even James Mangold initially tweeted the younger <laughs> Logan stabbing the old Logan and trying to kill the old Logan and then said, followed up because everybody blew up at that and said, everybody chill, chill out. You know, I'm cool with it, whatever. Logan is active. And then they answer these questions about the fact that Logan is in 2029, that they're not messing with that, that this is a separate separate situation. And then, of course, as Shannon pointed out so eloquently, uh, um, Wham's uh, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go played over their description of what they were going to get. And we got a great little shot of them, like him stabbing him in the head with the, uh, with the claws, which I thought was genius. Uh, so, I mean, these two have such great natural chemistry. It's, and they've teased this for a long time. And they both thanked Kevin Feige at the end of that second video. So clearly, this is happening. It's supposed to go into production starting this year, later this year, and coming out uh, next year, September 6th, I think they said. So, um, Mike, I go to you first on this one. Thoughts on the way they handled this? And are you excited for this possibility of Wolverine being introduced in the MCU in this way? Man, this is how you internet. <laughs> <laughs> this is This is how you internet. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about how Kevin Feige is so great with like the big like announcements at Comic-Con mm. or at D23 and how he just really knows how to handle the crowd. But Ryan Reynolds knows how to internet. Uh, this is like the, per I mean, especially, you know, I, I do wonder because he was like, he says at the beginning of the first video, like, oh, we couldn't get this ready for D23. And I wonder if like there was a plan to do a thing for D23 and they actually couldn't, although... Yeah. I don't know what they had to get together. You just had to have Hugh Jackman come over and walk up Ryan Reynolds stairs. So I don't really know what all <laughs> they needed to do, but maybe it just wasn't ready in time. But I just love the casual nature of just like, hey, it's Tuesday afternoon. Let's just drop a bomb on the internet. And then to wait the full 24 hours to let all of the Twitter nerds be like, well, what about Logan? I mean, is, does this mean that Wolverine is in the MCU? Does this mean this? And then to come out and say, hey, we're going to answer all your questions answer the Logan one and then play a bunch of music and not answer shit. Like it is just like, 
it is just a masterclass in, you know, as, as every studio and every PR team on every movie and everybody is like, how do we engage with the fans? How do we get the word out there? How do we make stuff feel authentic and it doesn't feel like this? Ryan Reynolds just feels like he can just be like, hey guys, let's do some stuff. And yeah. it always just works. And so it's really exciting. You know, it's interesting. I love Deadpool. I don't think Deadpool 2 is great. It's very okay. funny. Deadpool yeah. 2 has some very, very funny moments, but it's not like the best movie. Um, but yeah, I'm stoked. I'm stoked to see what this all even means. Um, you know, That's Deadpool great. is currently in the Fox universe, yeah. which I think we're all presuming means that the Fox universe somehow exists in the multiverse in some way, shape or form. And Logan also exists in that universe. Mm. Now, what that means Deadpool 3 is going to be as far as is it just taking place in its own part of the multiverse and Deadpool will make a bunch of really meta multiverse jokes, but we're not going to get into it. Or is Deadpool going to come charging into the MCU? And I don't think this is the case. And Hugh Jackman becomes the Wolverine of the MCU. Or is there something in the middle? Like, you know, is, is, is Hugh Jackman as Wolverine in this movie kind of like Patrick Stewart as Professor X in the Multiverse of Madness, where he's here, but he's not really here? Um, so I, I think there's a lot of questions still to be answered, but am I excited about it? Yeah, like, I'm excited for anything with Ryan Reynolds because he really is as funny as he claims to be. And seeing the two of them be in a movie together and give each other shit and have a lot of really meta jokes about how shitty the Wolverine movie was, I'm in. <laughs> well, and Shannon, this this road trip movie, which they start explaining at the beginning there, was teased a while ago. So clearly they might still be going down that path. We saw Ryan Reynolds in the first video wearing, as I said, the gray Deadpool outfit as he's trying to write the script for this thing. So, um, and uh, Sean Levy is coming on to direct this one who we recently did Free Guy and The Adam Project with. So Which what makes are your reactions? excited. Yeah, what, what are you, oh, fair enough. What are your reactions to all of this, Shannon? What are your thoughts? Do you have trepidations? Do you have concerns? What, what, what well, I'm, I've, I've watched a lot of Ryan Reynolds recently because he is on an excellent Hulu series called Welcome to Wrexham. I'm so glad you're watching this show. Why yeah. haven't you told me? Right. It is it is fantastic. I mean, it's for for those of you that don't know, he and Rob McElhenney from uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia bought a football club in Wales, and it was it, it's about them trying to sort of restore it to its former glory. No. And it is like Ted Lasso, the docu series. It's it's two North Americans who don't have like an intimate knowledge of of European football. So I mean, it is. It's fascinating. And they both come off very, very charming, very, very likable. And so Ryan Reynolds starting a video off. I mean, it, this, it is honestly like watching, uh, watching an episode of Welcome to Wrexham. It's like, <laughs> hey, guys, this is what we're doing. And like, they've been doing a ton of TikToks for the, for the Wrexham Football Club. Um, you know, I, I really liked Logan. It, it was not, uh, it, it was not the, the moment that, that Roca and, and and Mikey had with it. Um, I really liked it. I thought the first two thirds of it were fantastic. I just didn't really like the third act. Um, <laughs> and I really liked Deadpool. Deadpool two. I was also like meh. So the 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 promise of the movie. I'm kind of like okay, yeah. I mean, I had I'm, I don't hold anything sacred with Logan, and I also don't <laughs> hold anything sacred with, with the franchise. But it's the two. It's the two guys getting to work together i think that's the thing that i that that sounds like a lot of fun and sean levy like you know i really liked free guy yeah and the adam project was a movie um <laughs> <laughs> a movie that happened. it was a movie that happens <laughs> so you know the the what the project is i'm kind of like ah, eh, that i don't care that much about watching them get to work together it is i think is going to be a blast and can you can you put the picture back up john of him yeah. stabbing him in the head yeah yeah Hugh Jackman, that's Music Man shape. He's in Music Man oh, yeah, yeah, right, right now. And he's 54 years old. And the fact that he's going to hit the gym again yeah. to get all Logan shredded is just like, that's that's why people, that's why you love Hugh Jackman, well, is, and, is and, his commitment to the role. And now we know why Music Man shut down early. 
they, I mean, you know, I don't know if it was a ticket sale situation, but they didn't want to go forward with the production after Hugh said he was leaving the production. They did not yep. replace Hugh. They just shut it down. You know, January so, 1st. Yeah. It, it so th- there must be a reason for that. And that's because Hugh is going to go work out and start eating chicken and broccoli again and get back into that, <laughs> uh, in that shape, which he has talked about on numerous occasions. He's the one that introduced me to the six hour diet, which is you only eat in six hours and you don't eat any to any of the rest of the 18 hours of the day. That's how he's able to stay in certain shape, which is madness, absolute madness. So, uh, but Mike, let me go back to you. I mean, the Sean Levy is an interesting choice because this is not a groundbreaking hard edge director. Tim Miller is a hard Terminator dark fate, the first Deadpool. So is this, and we're supposed to still be getting an R rated film and the two writers who wrote the the first two films uh, are coming back to write this film. So we're still going to get an R-rated film, but is this their way of kind of making a little bit funnier, softer approach here as we go, uh, bringing Deadpool and uh, and Wolverine back in uh, to or back into this situ- into this uh, world of the MCU? No, I mean, I, I it seems to me like Ryan Reynolds just really likes working with him, and whatever Ryan Reynolds wants yeah. to do is what's going to happen. Uh, you know, like this is Christopher he, McQuarrie. Like yeah, like free, free, and free guy. I'm ashamed. I think free guy is a great movie. I think Adam Project mm-hmm. is sweet. Had I seen it in the movie theater, I probably would have been disappointed. But watching it on my couch, I was like, that was a sweet, lovely Spielberg esque attempt at a movie, and I enjoyed myself. Um, but I think that they really like working together. And yeah. if we get a Deadpool that's as funny as Free Guy is, like I'm good. Like you know, like yeah. I think that I don't think that they're going to overly soft and Deadpool pool. Okay. I don't, I don't think that we're all of a sudden going to get like sweet and cuddly Deadpool that can show up at the Disney parks and give kids hugs. Like, uh, I think that Deadpool oh, will still be two years later. And there's a guy. Who <laughs> I know. As soon as I said it, as soon as I said it, I was like, I'm going to eat those words. Um, but no, I think that Wolverine. I'm down. I'm down. Yeah. But yeah. I think that, um, I think that they're still going to, I think there's so much concern around is Deadpool going to still be Deadpool? Is it going to be R rated? That I think they're going to go out of their way to make sure that it's still R rated. Mm -hmm. And also I don't think that, you know, when we talk about the hard edge, like, like Logan is a hard movie. Yes. The Deadpool movies are more, most important thing for a Deadpool movie is to be really, really fucking funny. Mm -hmm. Uh, do, do, Do you want it to be violent? Do you want it to be brutal? Absolutely. But Deadpool's got to be funny. Deadpool's going to break right. the fourth wall. Deadpool's going to make fun of Disney. He's going to make fun of Marvel. He's going to make fun of Fox. He's going to look at you at the screen and be like, hey, wink, wink. It's the multiverse. I can walk over here and look, it's Chris Evans. Oh, look, you know, like, like that's what's the most important to, to general audiences. Yeah. That's what they want out of Deadpool. Like we talk a lot about the Punisher, like if and when the Punisher comes into the Marvel cinematic universe, they're going to have to make sure that they figure out a way to make him fit within the MCU, but still be super violent because that's definitive to the Punisher. Deadpool, if there's a little bit less blood, a little bit less dismemberment, but he is just as funny and meta and fourth wall breaking as he's always been, I think people are generally going to be pretty happy. And Sean Levy does seem like the type of director, uh, you know, I still think back to that... uh, the um the Captain America shield lightsaber Chris Evans yeah. moment and free guy and I'm like yeah that guy can make a Deadpool movie yeah that's <laughs> yeah and just real quick uh, to correct myself September 6 2024 sorry I was thinking to next year there's no way it'd be done by next year if it starts shooting this year so yeah so 2024 is when we're getting it and it is it is first up in Phase Six Shannon followed closely by Fantastic Four in November of the same year and uh, John Krasinski tweeted out the video and you said wait and he said something like wait our film are you talking about our film so that sparked up the rumors that he could be still possibly playing Reed richards down the john road. krasinski is not going to be <laughs> reed richards there you go but like there it was an interesting kind of situation going on there that sparked even more interest in that but the people that will possibly in this because i bring up uh, the krasinski thing as a counter um, are we getting Colossus back? Are we getting Negasonic Teenage Warhead back? Um, are we getting these characters that we saw in the first two Deadpools coming back in through this portal? Um, and also, remember, Secret Wars is a part of this MCU, or is coming to be part of this MCU. So are we getting this? Is this a film that kind of sets us up 
to have Deadpool be a part of the MCU through that situation and he's stranded in the MCU now going forward. Is that how they do it? As Michael said, the Fox universe is this thing, but will this now be used as a way to strand uh, um, Deadpool in the MCU and officially make him a part of it? <laughs> not Shannon, being the biggest, <laughs> not being the biggest Marvel reader, um, I, I I don't know. Like when okay. you have those big crossover events like Secret Wars and yeah, whatnot, yeah. Um, is Deadpool an active participant in those yes. in those sort of title sometimes. crossing? Yeah. Sometimes. I, I mean, those in the Wrecking Crew from She-Hulk, they're a part of the Secret War situation, depending on which iteration you read, because there was that 1980s one and the most recent one. So there's a lot of people involved in Secret Wars. I mean, the rumors are they're going to bring back Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans because it's multiverse type thing where all these heroes are showing up from the different universes to battle on this battle planet. So there's all kinds of rumors of how this might go down. I mean, sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure it could be possible i don't know i feel like their first foray into the mcu that they will want to keep it as much of a yeah. two-hander deadpool wolverine movie as much as possible like yeah. i wouldn't think that they would completely uh get rid of his supporting cast that's been there in the past yeah like cable um, domino's a possibility from the second film too yeah with josh brolin and uh Cable um, and Domino, I, I think less. I think more like Negasonic Teenage Warhead. I think yeah, okay. or Colossus. Those are the ones that I see sticking around. I don't. I. I my gut says Domino and 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 Cable are not going to be back for this. Okay. Um, but I could be wrong. Okay. Michael, what are your I, thoughts on this? What, oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I think. I mean, I think. I would caution restraint. <laughs> uh, I think that. Um. Anyone who is a mutant, aside from Logan, I would not expect to see in this movie. I think whatever they're planning to do with the X-Men, I think they want to keep that free and clear. I don't think that we're going to, you know, I I don't think we're going to start in the X-Mansion and then Deadpool's going to be like, well, this is the last time we're going to see this. But like, who knows? Maybe. But I think that, (laughs) I think that the idea of Deadpool and Logan on some kind of road trip. Yeah is 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 the thing and i don't think that deadpool movies are super intense on major continuity um and i think that they might just clear the decks entirely mm-hmm. to tell whatever really funny story they want to tell and i also don't think that we're busting into the multi i don't think they're just busting into the mcu and having a whole wild mcu adventure um but maybe they will you know like everything i'm saying i'm like well i can see a way you could do that but like (laughs) i think they're going to try and keep it as free and clear as possible as its own thing with a little bit of connections and a lot of mcu multiverse jokes and end up in a place where deadpool is in the mcu and then call it a day but uh yeah but i mean honestly when it comes to deadpool it's like all bets are kind of off um i think the only thing that i think for sure is that by the end of this adventure Deadpool will be in the MCU for whatever they want to use him for in whatever they want they whatever way they want to use him for like they're not going to keep that Fox universe around any longer than they have to. Well, what do you think Wolverine? I mean, this feels like I mean look at the look at the logo. That's you put the scratch through the logo, the three claws through the logo there. That makes it feel like this is going to be a two-hander. Oh yeah, yeah. not a Patrick Stewart situation. So well, or was that, I think do you think that, that was maybe movie, just done up for the... No, United? no, I think this movie is going to be a Deadpool Wolverine movie. Okay. Well, they're but both survivors I, of the Weapon X program. Is that Could could that possibly be a part of the road trip I, here? I, I It could be. It okay. could be. But I think whatever happens in this movie, I would be very surprised. And by the way, maybe pleasantly surprised. I don't know how I'll feel about it, but I would be very surprised... If Logan stays around in the MCU, like I, I don't know what their X-Men plans are, but if Hugh Jackman makes the leap from Fox over to MCU and plays Logan for another 10 years, uh, I will be, I will be very surprised. Now, look, as I'm saying this, you know, in the comics for a while, until we got to Krakoa and everything that's going on, um, you had old man Logan and you had X-23 becoming Wolverine. So could Hugh Jackman come over to the MCU and live out his days as an older Logan from another universe and train 
a new young girl to be the new Wolverine? Like, I mean, who the fuck knows, man? We are off the map on what you can do in a comic book yeah. movie at this point. So I would just caution restraint in general, as we have seen multiple times in the past few years on the internet. Um, you know, uh, re- John Krasinski being in Multiverse of Madness does not mean he's the new Reed Richards. Professor X being in Multiverse of Madness does not mean that Professor X is now in our universe. And no, Henry Cavill is not going to be on that panel as Superman. So in general, I would caution restraint. I'm excited that we're getting this. Don't know how far they're going to take it. Yeah. Well, I'm very excited. Um, Shannon, you may need to revisit Logan again, as well as Constantine. Um because that is, I've never heard you say that. I almost ate my microphone in front of you. Because uh, I love that goddamn movie. I literally watched it the other day, even with the cuts on FX the other day, because it's such a damn good movie. So, I yeah, and I understand. Shannon is great. Shannon is not wrong that the third act is the weakest part of that movie. I love the movie. Don't get, don't There's come no at me. In that movie. Uh, the whole battle in the woods is not as strong as the other <sighs> parts of that movie. Yeah, you guys are still young. You just wait. You just wait. You'll understand as you get older. The whole third act will become very, very clear about confronting your younger self in the woods and trying to do some leave some kind of legacy before you go. Anyway, uh, but I, 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 I understand why people reacted so strongly and why. And look, I think Mangold misstep with that tweet big time. How do you not know you're going to piss people off? Maybe we just have a little fun. But, you know, people were like, yeah, see, James doesn't think it's stupid, too. So certainly the thing exploded. But, right, I think the number (laughs) one thing is it's in 2029. Um, The X-Men continuity hasn't, like, been this seamless thing since the beginning anyway. And Deadpool never really (laughs) lined up with the X-Men continuity. We got a different Colossus. We only had one shot of him looking into the um, uh, room there and seeing all the current X-Men or, at the time, the current X-Men. In there, so it hasn't always lined up correctly. So this whole idea that oh man, they're messing with uh, continuity is really yeah. just a useless argument on so many. X Men, X Men, and continuity are not two words that have ever gone together. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point, right? Even in the comics, you've been like, wait, what? Uh, okay, sure. Let's. I do mean, that. <laughs> look, open the X Men comics right now. Everybody's alive, and it barely makes sense. It's like you're my son, but you're my uncle, but you're younger than my son. But also, I slept with you once, and then you died, but now you're back because everybody's back, and we all live on an island. And now the Eternals want to kill us. So it is wild. <laughs> and also, don't forget that in the comics, Wade Wilson funded the Avengers for a little while. The uncanny Avengers. So is that going to be something that plays into all of this? So is that how we get an Avengers team and not an X-Men team? I don't know, man. It's crazy. But I think the three of us, and I think a a majority of people are just happy to see these two guys together. Happy to see the possibility of what may be. But I think Michael is also right. Being cautiously optimistic and not losing your goddamn mind at every little thing will be the way to fully enjoy this process as we go along. I said caution, restraint. I think we can all be optimistic because I do think what I said, like, I think restraint as far as what this means for the MCU, what this means for mutants, what this means for Logan, don't, don't go crazy. But what I think we can say, and this is where Ryan Reynolds is golden, is that most of the time with these big announcements, the biggest thing we care about is how does this affect the MCU? What does this mean about mutants? When it comes to a Deadpool movie... I give less of a fuck about any of that. I want to see, to Shannon's point, I want to see Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds have a fucking blast for two hours and 20 minutes. And even if the movie is not great, that part is almost guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, All right, any final words on this or shall we uh, end the show? Any final words? All right, sounds good. All right, everybody, thank you so much for joining us here on the Geek Buddies for this week's episode. We appreciate it badly. Shannon, what do we have to tell them? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media on Twitter, it's at Geek underscore Buddies on Instagram at the underscore Geek underscore Buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung on Instagram at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MK2. And if you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca Says. This is the softer uh, Wolverine. I like that. That's good. For Disney. <laughs> Shannon with a rainbow of highlighters in between his fingers is really... That is, that's the Wolverine that we want to see, guys. (laughs)
And if you want to see, and if you want to see Shannon's Rainbow Wolverine more often, here is what you can do to make sure that that happens. Um, hit the like button below. Subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page. Leave your comments below. Um, what do you think about Blade? What do you think about Star Trek? What do you think about Constantine? What do you think about Scarlet Witch? And what do you think about Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds? in a car together let us know in the comments below if you are listening to us on a podcast uh leave some stars leave some comments there it helps us go up in the rankings so more people can find us under geeky things in the internets and the best thing that you guys can do is retweet this video post it on your socials send it to your friends and tell them to hang out with your buddies the geek buddies there you go thank you all so much a big shout out to carbon health who powers and sponsors us here on the geek buddies and the outlaw nation go to carbonhealth.com if you've got any Healthcare questions, concerns, or needs. Maybe you have three blades stuck in your head like Wade Wilson does in that shot there from Wolverine. That could be a concern of yours for sure to go get checked out. They offer in-person care, virtual care. Uh, they've got COVID care as well for you to get tested, urgent care at all their facilities, 100-plus locations all over the country, 80-plus locations in California alone. They thoroughly believe in creating specialized healthcare plans that work just for you at your pace to get you into the best health uh, possible. And look, a lot of people are living longer, uh, so this is the way to do it. Get better health, uh, start walking every day, eat better, get all that knowledge that you need so that you can get better. I mean, if you can spend time investigating all the nuances as a nerd or as a geek of all these characters and all these teams and all these comic books, you can do that for your health as well so you can be around long enough to enjoy multiple iterations of these characters and these comic books and these movies and enjoy talking about them with us on the geek buddies as we get older as well so damn it that do it go over there or you can download the app as well uh over there at uh, on the app store and have a doc in your pocket they believe supporting and uplifting communities who talk about things that they enjoy just like we do here on the geek buddies all right y'all take care of yourselves be well and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode here of the geek bub these Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.